This is Kevin Herter. This is Melo Trimble. This is Lonnie Bass. This is Scott Van Pelt. This is Stefan Diggs. This is Chris Naki. This is Johnny Holiday. This is Walt Williams. This is Gary Williams, and you're listening to IMS Radio. It's Tonga by Loa circling out of the pocket again and sprinting down the sideline. He's got Funk in front of him and a touchdown. He's got 18 points. Four seconds. It would have been good from 65 out. He nailed that football. It was Brad Craddock with the game winner. A 43-yard field goal with 51 seconds to go. And Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. This gives him a triple-double for Vasquez, the first in 22 years. To the corner, Vasquez, yes! Hello, fellas. It's been a while. It's been about a month. Yeah, well, um, it's an interesting time to be a Maryland fan um, or someone (laughs) who uh, covers uh, Maryland during basketball season when they don't have a coach and they're just kind of doing their stumbling, bumbling, fumbling their way through the Big Ten. And uh, it's it's just weird, man. It's really weird. It's... um, it's a, I, I can't I don't think I've ever I've ever experienced something like this before where you don't know what you're doing. You root for the kids, right? But you know it kind of doesn't count really. So I I don't know how to feel about any of it. It's it's very odd. Most people aren't even rooting for the kids, to be honest. Nobody's showing up at the games. Yeah. Sadly. Feel bad for this guy. Imagine being a being a senior like Eric Ayala has had a really good career and going out like this in front of the crowd, some crowds that look like the basketball version of some of the football crowds we've seen recently. I was trying to year. think when's the last time they had a season this bad. We're a couple of Turgeon's first couple of years and maybe Gary's last couple, but I think it wasn't as bad until like the, the couple of seasons during probation and like one season after. That's when it was this bad, when there's just no hope. Well, Maryland's the losing season was 30 years ago. So, yeah. 92, I think. Or, excuse right. me, I mean, uh, yeah, 92. Right? Yeah, that's exactly, that's right after, that's exactly the period I was talking about. There was just yeah. no hope. Right yeah, after I mean, it's, it's really tough. I mean, it, it's, I mean, even a game, they almost, you know, they took Purdue, a number three team in the country, to the wire the other night. And it's kind of like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, what do you get out of that, right? Uh, you know, and you talk about a guy like Eric Iali who had NBA prospects and came back for his senior year. You know, what about Q and, you know, Fats who are, you know, doing their best, but they transferred into this. They transferred here. Fats for his last year of college basketball. 
And Imagine that. I mean, that's got to be. And he still keeps playing hard, though. You got to give give him that. He hasn't shown any signs of just being like, screw it. You know. I mean, he's he's great. He was amazing against Purdue. Yeah, he's really. <laughs> He's really, you can tell he's playing hard and he's doing the best he can. It's, you know, just as a, as a guy who used to have season tickets, but doesn't now it's, I, I, I still can't, I can't fault the, the fans who have tickets and don't want to go because it, it feels like this entire season is just a waste. And that sucks, man. That sucks for everybody. Jeff, you just got a text. Did someone tell you who the next coach is going to be? Is yeah, that what who, yes. was, who is it? Who is it? Uh, a friend of mine. A friend of mine. <laughs> no, I mean, who's the coach? I don't care who texts oh, <laughs> I kind of do. didn't tell me about. Uh, it's actually uh, Roy Williams. He's, he's coming out of retirement. He's going he's gonna to get it done. I wish I knew who the coach was. I wish I knew. I don't think they know. I don't think it's a deal where there's a handshake. And you never know. They've had a lot of time to maneuver behind the scenes, but I don't think, I don't think there's a handshake deal with somebody in – I mean, they very well might have a priority guy. A handshake deal similar to Kevin Steele? What's that? <laughs> what about Kevin Steele? A handshake deal similar to the one they had with Kevin Steele? Yeah, probably that get, kind a, of deal? get a contract signed before you give him an office with the with your name plate <laughs> on it this time. Dude, that, I mean, that is unbelievable. That I was. mean, of all the things, and I've, you know, we've seen some, some stuff in, in college football. That one was wild. I mean, well, I mean, part of you just kind of tips your hat and say, you know, well played, play sir. Play yeah. Yep. Hey, Paul, some right. people listen and watch that don't know who Kevin Steele is and all the details. Explain what happened, please, for the folks. So, so Kevin Steele is a very experienced uh, SEC uh, defensive coordinator. Um, obviously, Maryland's defense was a bit of a letdown at times last year, um, and I think you know, locks made it pretty clear that he was, he, he was not happy with the way that Brian Stewart had uh, coached the team. So he goes and he gets this guy who, you know, he's making what $2 million last year, you know, at Auburn. So like, this is a big, big hire, you know, he agrees to a contract in principle, you know, handshake kind of deal while the lawyers figure out the stuff. They literally throw a nameplate on, you know, on his, in his office at the team house, he's recruiting, he shows up, he's doing this stuff. And three days later, he accepts a job offer as defense coordinator at the University of Miami. Yeah. What do you do about recruiting. that? Yeah. It's not on campus working and recruiting for like five days. And when it came out, it came out from, from his side of things. He told, and I talked with somebody that night when it leaked out, somebody close to Mike Loxley, who was very concerned about that and didn't like the fact that it had come out because this person – they don't want to look bad uh, if something falls through. And I was thinking, ah, that's just typical coaching paranoia, you know, you know, cause the deal wasn't done. It wasn't on paper yet. So I was thinking it was just typical paranoia. And then what do you know, four days later, he just bolts for Miami. So maybe that'll be now that, um, you know, nobody's reading about basketball games. I'll do the top 10 moments of the Kevin Steele era. <laughs> well, that's this is not the first time. Loxley's had to happen three times now. Yeah, it was the, the other guy from Syracuse like actually on Schaefer weren't actually on campus working. He did have guys who seemed like they were going to. Like, Josh Gaddis seemed like he was going to come. Yes. Never, there was never a high right yeah. now. Uh, Schaefer was under Durkin. 
That was Oh, Schaefer. that was Durkin? Okay. Yeah, Schaefer made it less. What did he make it a week? Realized after how long was that? A few weeks or a month or it was, something? It was like a week, wasn't it? Or yeah. like about the same length as steel, right? Like that's I mean it was I remember rumors. Schaefer because it was long enough for him to like take a picture with his daughter who was like going here, who was a student here. Um, because I like remember that, and then like I think the next thing I remember is he he walked away, and I don't uh, think you got to give him credit though because he realized before anybody else that Durkin was kind of a psychopath. Yeah, That's why he left. Yeah, he saw it. You know, props to him uh, for getting Dur- out. Durkin unleashed that psychopath on us the second time we interviewed him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the direct was... quote. The direct quote from Larry's question was. Come on, man. That's a fan question. What, what did he say? That's a fan question? Yeah, I don't think he said that. What I remember, we, we did the fill in the blank at the end, like I always do. Actually, I did true or false of them because it was hated the second it. time. He hated it. And the last one I always try to make kind of funny or fun or something. And the question was, true or false, you have a healthy work balance between your coaching career and your personal life. And he goes, uh... Uh, true. <laughs> no, you asked we're him, like, uh, we're like, uh, true or false? Marilyn will win the Big Ten. Oh yeah, yeah. He hit, he did not like that either. No, he was just like, come on, man. <laughs> I think that was his answer. Just come on, man. Well, wasn't yeah. there? Didn't you ask him like what like the last movie he saw yeah. in a movie theater or something? He's but like, that's it's always meant to be like kind of fun. But see, the first time we had him on. He did it. He did the fill in the blank, and it was great. Yeah, he so was. There was no problem. We had he him said, on the first time, though. We had him on when he was still in, like you know, like he just got month. here. Yeah, yeah and in and, and Jeff, Jeff got Jeff pulled the pulled the big dick and got the head coach, new head coach hire on the show, and he was still doing his sales job. Like this was like a year or so later, and it was a weird time. I think it was just the two of you, like in the middle of the day or something, like. Yeah, it was all. I mean, he had to be he had to be drag kicking and screaming to do this in the first yeah. place. And yeah, we just, should do a do a ranking sometime of our all time worst interviews. Ooh. Rothstein, John Rothstein was pretty high up there, surprisingly. Yes, also uh, Nor- um, Norlander, like Norlander's the gold standard. No one Norlander, yeah, uh, Ken Palm when he just sighed, yep. he sighed like ten times to our question. <sighs> Like all oh, the were you asking about the luck factor? Yeah, we asked scared. about the luck factor, and he's just he's like, like these uh, fucking idiots. But okay. he, but he sighed, and I, I remember I used to do the year-end montages of the show, and I just put all ten of them in a row, like all ten yeah. sides in a row. There was the time very early on we had Naki on. He was one of our first guests, and Ahmed. Can I bring him up? Sorry, he was <laughs> Ahmed, former host of the show was supposed to go and ask him a question and he just didn't. And I panicked <laughs> to fill the time. And I jumped to the, I had like 10 questions. I jumped to the first one and I said, what do you think about Rashid Suleiman and the rape accusations? Because there were rape accusations about Rashid Suleiman at Duke before he's transferred to Maryland. And he goes, I, I don't really want to answer that question. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Like, I wanted that, I just jumped to that one. I had like 10 questions prepared for him. But I was yeah, like but trying to. That's not your. That's not your best all-time question. We don't <laughs> yeah, there's only. There can be only one. Yeah, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Pooler. 
Jeffrey Poole. How big are you going to get? No, no. It was, are you going to get any bigger? Are you going to get any bigger? Oh, yeah. Are you going to get any bigger? <laughs> and the funniest part was that it was a pre-taped interview, so I could have cut that out. No, but I let it no. go because I didn't think anything of it. And I just got destroyed for like a week straight on the message board for that. that the other thing I got destroyed for on the message board was when I, I've done three parody songs for the show. Two of them were loved. People loved them. The third one, though, I did to Let It Go from Frozen. <laughs> Instead of Let It Go, Let It Go, I did IMS Radio. <laughs> the winner of the Mobby Award. Like, and I changed all the lyrics to be about IMS. And like, people were like, turn it off, turn it off. Like, I forgot about our Mobby yeah. Award that none of the five of us were willing to go and pick up. I almost did. It was in Baltimore. And I live an hour, like, over an hour. Like, I including, including at least one host at the time who was literally living in the city of Baltimore. Yeah, he was five minutes away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I wonder if they even have that anymore. How come we haven't won it again? Is that still a thing? Uh, we we might. I think we keep losing to the uh, poetry podcast. Yes, wow. poetry <laughs> bastards happens. You know? Chat room is filling up, starting to fill up. Got a bunch of people. They're getting some comments. Someone did come and agreed with you about Schaefer. Was it Scott Schaefer, the coach yeah. from Syracuse, who came and left after a week because of how crazy Durkin was? Um, someone said, what a terrible day to have ears in regard to my let it go parody. Uh, someone else commenting on the toughness of the football schedule, which we saw the ranking list, the second toughest schedule in the country next year. Come on. It can be great. And still go seven and five. It's One just, other thing. It's brutal. It's just amazing. One other thing I wanted to bring up before we really get going. I was told that the intro, the video intro is too long. Is it? I feel like it's good. I feel like it's great. It's epic. Yeah, so... Yes, plus, please give us less highlights of awesomeness. I feel, like, I feel like it's... First of all, it's great. And even though you watch... You, as a Maryland fan, you can re-watch it over and over. I can anyway. And it gives us that like minute and 45 to send out links on Twitter. And we're like texting once it starts to make sure everything's... It gives us a minute to like... Get set. So like, <laughs> like yeah, your your guys are working here, man. We we don't just like magically make this happen. Like yeah. we got stuff to do. I I don't I don't feel like it's too long, but I'll throw it out there because I was told that. So whatever. Yeah. Okay. You can find dude. You can find somebody who's unhappy with anything. Yeah. There's probably somebody out there who doesn't like me. Somebody. Yeah. I mean that one guy. He's probably one, an asshole, but only one one guy. Just one guy. <laughs> just I mean, one. one guy who likes anything. He didn't say anything. Yeah. I'm getting uh someone said leave it, Larry. People can skip if they want. Yeah, they can skip if they want. Hey Paul, so. if you think people don't like you, you should follow my my Twitter musings and, and the replies I get. Well, why don't you just keep trolling every other fan base online and see what I happens? Honestly, do not intend there's never the thought never enters my mind like I'm gonna piss off Gonzaga fans today, or I'm gonna piss off wrestling Twitter, and I'll just do <laughs> like be loose with it. I don't know. Like I don't, I don't get super insulting on there. They're just random thoughts. Next thing you know, I'm just, just a wave of fucking coming from the most random corners of the internet. 
I just need to be like Patrick Stevens, and just be like straight up Maryland tweet, statistical analysis, no, you know, nothing else. Cut out well, I mean, it, it, it's just time. a, it's just a commentary on your reach, man. You're everywhere. No, it's a commentary on Twitter and how angry and toxic. <laughs> it is. I hate Twitter. I never go to Twitter. Why is Twitter so angry? I guess people on Facebook are. They're more like old cranky though. Twitter. I don't go to Facebook anymore either. I don't like. I don't need any of it. I used to love it. To be fair, I mean, like I made the mistake the other day. What what was I? I don't know. I looked on um, on the like the regular Maryland um, athletics like Facebook feed for some stupid reason. Brutal. And the commentary there. Like every time there are a lot of people who will complain from time to time about the, you know, about the message board commentary, how the message borders are like, you know, ruining college sports, dude, just take a look at your average, like Facebook comment on your favorite sports program. And it's just crazy town. It is absolute lunacy in every which way you can imagine. And I'm, I, I feel like I'm scarred. Well, people on Twitter are angry but informed. People on Facebook are angry but out of touch. Yes. Stuff that might have made sense 20 years ago and, you know, just more just old man yelling at clouds kind of thing. Yes. Uh, But I guess Maryland hasn't given them a lot to be, like, effusive about. There is that, but. um, We got a funny comment. Larry has that Zynga game, and I'm trying to remember what the Zynga game is. I recognize it, but remember what Zynga is? Oh, I don't know. Am I too is old that, for that now? Is that is, no? I, I think I think he's making fun of me for being old. Like, what is Zynga? I, I, I'm googling it right now. Is it like an '80s reference that we missed somehow? Even though uh, you know our generation is now being catered to by every marketing event from the Super Bowl down, which is nice. Oh, it's poker. And maybe oh, is that the other, online poker joint from on Facebook? Maybe, they also do Farmville. I, th- I think they do a yeah. lot of games. It's like a big platform. Yep. I think they do a lot of things. I don't know what that means. I have that Zynga game. <laughs> well, you, you're known to be a bit of a card player, Larry. Yes. Well, not as, not, as much, <laughs> not as much anymore. I used to be yeah. obsessed. And I used to make five to $15,000 a year. Ooh, hope you reported that on your taxes. I did. My wife's an accountant. <laughs> we reported every single dollar. There you go. And I don't I didn't I didn't care about the money that much except for that it's like a scoreboard. It's like, okay, I made X amount of money. That's how good a player I am. And it afforded me the ability to keep playing because my wife was not pissed at me for losing that much money. <laughs> So whatever, whatever motivation works. Yeah, as it gets you I didn't really it. wasn't retiring off of it. It wasn't my career. I just loved it. And I still do. But so. Yay anyway. for getting rid of the gambling yeah. addiction. <laughs> we have a very good guest today. Media reporter for the Sports Business Journal and host of the Marshand and Orand Sports Media Podcast. The Business Beyond the Buzzer. John Orand. Sports Business Journal. We're going to talk to him about Maryland. We're going to talk to him about media rights, Big Ten media rights. It's a big deal right now. And he's maybe, a Terp, too. He's a Terp. I'm sure he's got some thoughts on the basketball search. We've had him before. Uh, he's an excellent guest. Yeah. 
diehard fan. Yep. Yeah. So I think he's fan. another I think he's another Gonzaga guy though, which is a which is a check in the minus column. Mm. Is he? I don't remember exactly. I thought so. I might be mixing him up with somebody be. else. Apparently a very big fan of this show as well. So maybe yeah. he's watching right now. What's up, John? We will see you in about eight minutes. <laughs> Be prompt. <laughs> watching. Yeah. So not much going on. Basketball yeah. team. <laughs> what, what's happening anyway? You know, just some stuff. Basketball team losing games. I posted a thread after they beat was it Rutgers. And I was like, let's go. I was trying to psych myself up. I said, look, can they win? eight of the next 12 games and get enough of a record to get into the tournament. Then they won the next game, and I was like, yeah, come on. Come on, let's go. Five, just like last year, big turnaround in the second half of the season. <sighs> but then Indiana happened, and, and you know what? You know what moment I finally said? I threw up my hands. I was like, that's it. Eric Ayala inbounded the ball to that guy underneath Maryland's own basket right to him. And the guy caught it and laid it in. And I was like, do you just not give a shit at all? Like, he just, it was so lazy. And I love Eric Ayala. We had him on the show. But that was not a good play. And it was just indicative of the effort that the team is giving out. And it made me just say, you know what? <laughs> you guys don't care. I don't care. It's like, hard not to have a single sustained run all season. Like, he's been usually a bad or mediocre team. Has that little like four or five game winning streak? Look at last year's team; they were started off what one and five in the Big Ten, right? And still yeah, came so. back and made the tournament. And that team, probably, I mean, you can say because of Aaron Wiggins, they were more talented and more so. So they probably were a little bit, but they weren't they weren't all that good either. So it's hard not this team is not giving you that, except for that little mini run. What was it? Two or three games in a row, including the Rutgers game. There's not been one little fluky run to kind of get you back on the bandwagon and. And saying, oh, if we win four out of the next six, you know, what could happen is straight, straight up death march for like two months. Well, you got to imagine it's just tough for the players, um, you know, to do anything but play for yourself, right? I mean, what is what is making that extra pass doing for you right now? Yeah. You know, what is what is that little extra bit of hustle on defense doing for you right now? Like, I understand it, and I yeah. understand – you know, guys here playing hero ball, trying to get themselves a look at the next level. I understand fans and students not showing up because of it. I understand it all. I understand Danny Manning's doing the best damn job he can do, but it just doesn't matter. And yeah. and that sucks, man. Like it's really as much as all of us, I think, thought it was time for Turgeon to go. This is a really crap way for everybody for it to happen. I mean, it's really just not fun. Yeah, these fans will tweet at me like, "It's an effort problem. They should, they could be a tournament team, and it's effort to one. No, they could not be a tournament team. There's plenty of sample size at this point, regardless of what we said before the season or what they have on paper. And second, they're still humans. You're not going to get that. Not only humans, they're unpaid students." Who have other concerns in the world? They're not pros. They're not. They're not going to be able to just keep giving it their all 100 percent of the time. If that's the right thing to do, that's not physically or mentally possible. So when those people right. tweet me, I'll tweet back. You know that, that it's not happening, but it doesn't quite register. I think to some people. Yeah. Are, are they still considered unpaid? 
I mean, for the most part, you know, they're making a few bucks here and there, but none of these guys at Maryland have huge NIL deals. So they're most they do, people. though. Some, at least. Deal. They got a few I mean, I would They're not pros. You know, they're not making yeah. any substance. It's not – it's certainly not – nobody's making enough money where they're just like, oh, man, I better – I better keep my game up or I'm going to lose my, yeah. you know, car dealer sponsorship, you know, Decent pocket money. Some of them, Ayala and Reese basically. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough thing, man. And, and I don't know. It just, everything about the way this has gone down has kind of grinded my gears. Um, and it just kind of sucks for everybody. Except before Mark sorry, Turgeon's probably having a nice vacation somewhere right now. Before we bring on, um, before we bring on John Orant, let me share this guy. Uh, are you guys seeing it? Yep. Um, oh, you were. Sorry, I was. Yep. All right, I was uh, not doing. Well. Here we go. You guys are seeing the old this coach list. Yep. Okay, this was where we had it last time. Do you want to make any changes here? I think Andy Enfield would move up to at least number two, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. he's he's certainly interested, and I think they're interested in him. So He might be one now, right? He might be. It's one. Jeff, would you put him one over Willard right now? Maybe by a hair. They're 1A and 1B, I would say, right now. That's just in terms of – I want to clarify because people lose their shit. That's just in terms of making the odds. That's not in terms of, like, I know that those are Maryland's priorities. That's just like a prop bet before the season, you know, uh, projecting the likeliest. It's not about who is necessarily the top choice, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this is just off the crumbs of information that's being – being you know, spread out at this point. I would say he dropped. I'd say Bettino moves up, right? Despite the fact that he might sign that lifetime deal, he's been talked about a lot more. I might move him up to into like three or four area, right? Yeah, I would drop Sam Cassell and I would probably drop Chris Mack. I think there's too much baggage for him to turn around. It'd be like getting a divorce and immediately getting married again for Mack. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and, and something about the way he left really stinks. Like, yeah. you got to wonder if there's something actually more there. Yeah, there's a cloud there. Us. There's a cloud for sure. Kim English, I would drop. The problem is there's not that many guys you can move up. I want to drop everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, certainly. Ed, Ed Cooley Danny would Manny, move up. Probably not. Ed, Ed Cooley would Danny move Manny up, correct? overwhelmed. job right now. Cooley was talked about. Where would you put Cooley? Oh, Danny Manning. Yeah, we could basically just delete him. I just right? to give everybody a heart attack. <laughs> I would. Yeah, move. I mean, obviously, Pearl's off the list. Yeah. We can just delete Pearl, right? Yeah. Good night, sweet prince. Nato. I might move Nate Oates up a little bit. I think. I think they might at least shoot their shot. Yeah, maybe. You know, they, it's more likely they shoot their shot with him than they hire Sam Cassell, I would say, you know? Yeah. 
or even or even maybe Kim Kim English. I don't think I don't think he's Yeah, I mean, with, with when it always came to the the big money SEC guys, I just want them to shoot the shot. And if you know, don't tell me you can't afford this buyout or that buyout. It's monopoly money, as we're going to find out tonight when we talk, to John. You can afford whatever you want to afford. It's a matter of priorities. Vanderpool and Pope. We don't know how they feel, how much interest there is in, in the mid-major and non-power. We don't know how they feel about Mark Pope, Medved, uh, Kyle Smith. You know, we don't know necessarily. One of those guys could pop up as a guy they fall in love with. But right now, because they're smaller names, we just don't know where they are. Hopefully, we'll know in a couple weeks. Yeah, you probably are- expect that they would... Um- Whatever their search firm is, the, they would be the ones to pick out the the nerd types, you know, that uh, guys like that. What would you do with Vanderpool and Pope? I think the top four looks looks pretty accurate. I would probably move Cooley up, switch him and Patino, just because he's a little more attainable, most likely. And then it's kind of like, oh, yeah. yeah. So really, we're looking at these top yeah, fours. Like, like the, uh, it's the DVD bin at Walmart. After that, <laughs> anyone else we can completely just delete? Mata and Beeline. Um, yeah, yeah, you could probably delete Beeline. I'll leave Mata just Mata just in case. You know, Beeline I just don't see. Mike Pagese I don't see. And honestly, Danny Manning can probably be deleted if we're deleting guys. Okay, and our good buddy. Man, Larry's quick as shit with that. Yeah, he is. Okay. That's a damn professional. All right. John Oren has joined. Let's let him in. We'll go back to that after he gets back. There he is. How you doing, John? I don't know if you can hear us yet. Hey, guys. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you all? Really good. We're so, so happy that you joined us today. How are you doing? You sound very happy, Lawrence. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> In case everybody doesn't know, this is John Orand, media reporter for the Sports Business Journal and host of the Marshand and Orand Sports Media Podcast, The Business Beyond the Buzzer. He is best Orand. Sports reporter, at- best sports media reporter in the business. And, and the, uh, I, I love you guys. You have the best <laughs> site. Anybody here is, is on your site anyway, but I, I was uh, – I was just telling Paul over email, I'm on your site more than I'm on my site. And uh, <laughs> I, you guys uh, nice. really, really do such a great job, man. I'm not sure if that's an optimal life choice, uh, given I, the can, profession. Can I, but- I thought I had like, uh, so I grew up in the area. I'm a lifelong Terp fan. And, uh, and you know, I grew up like watching like, you know, out Al- the Albert King, Buck Williams. I just kind of f- fell in love with them. I thought Me that too. I had like the worst timing in the world because I, I went to school during the Bob Wade years. But uh, when, when did you launch? You, you guys might have worse timing than me. With the- I think Larry's got you beat, right? I am. I was there. My freshman year was Walt's senior year, so it was right through the, through the. I was only there probation, for one year, actually. Right? Yeah, but it was yeah probation. Yeah, I mean, at least Bob Wade got to a tournament or two, right? 
Yeah, but it was with all these like you you, you know, they weren't around long enough. They it was a uh, who was a kid that went to Arizona like Brian Williams. Brian Williams. Yeah. yeah. If you I did though. I, I had a, my freshman year was Lenny's senior year, so I at least had that to okay. go by. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that takes my, you. That takes you out of the basement at least. My very first day of uh, this is this is like Maryland. This is like what you guys do. My very first uh, first day like a freshman year, uh, fall semester. Maryland was ranked number one in football by Sport Magazine and like lost a heartbreaker to Penn State. And like that, that, that was the pinnacle of it. It all went downhill from there. <laughs> hey John, yeah. I want to compare bad timing. I started doing this for a living in 2005. But let's think about what happened in Maryland basketball and football <laughs> in the early 2000s, right before 2005. And let's <laughs> think about what's happened in the 17 years since then. When did Gary stop recruiting? That had to be about 2007. That's about right. <laughs> there were some lean classes. The Steve Goins. Who can forget the Steve Goins era? Oh, yes. Parrish yes. Brown. Parrish Brown. I was just going to bring him yeah. up. Our favorite Parrish Brown. Sterling Ledbetter. Who doesn't, who doesn't have a Sterling Ledbetter jersey in their closet? Right? <laughs> hey, John, you're a local guy. What the hell is that subway map behind you that's not the Metro? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a little. It's my my. Uh, I lived over in London for a couple of years. It's a London. Oh, okay, it's it's out of the country. I'll I'll, I'll let yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, believe me, it's not like Boston or anything like that. Okay, just ma- just making sure. I lo- I love to. We're good. <laughs> it's London. I'm a, I'm trying to be cultured, guys. Come on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It, it's State College, Pennsylvania, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, there would be two stops at State College, Pennsylvania. Okay. One. Yeah. It, uh, speaking of uh, State College, Pennsylvania, how are you all? I like. I, I, uh, in terms of the Big Ten, like I, I have transferred my hatred of like Virginia to Penn State, like that, uh, and Duke and Carolina. That's that's Michigan and Ohio State, isn't it? I, I like I, I feel like like those uh, th- those rivalries for me have, tra- have transferred. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there is an age cutoff somewhere, and maybe it's like in the fifties somewhere. Maybe where like if you're younger than that. You can still transfer. Like I, I've had no problem hating Michigan State and Michigan, and you know Penn State, obviously Ohio State, all of them. Indiana, very easy for me to transfer. I feel like when you're maybe a generation above where we're at is kind of where you you know it's hard to change at that point. Yeah, a lot of my friends haven't, haven't made the change. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Penn and State I think is- a lot of the younger guys, I would say, are still like so obsessed with Duke they don't know what else to do. You, know, you have to, like Izzo is Coach K, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he like, gets all the calls. and yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, it was easy for me. Catch, though. He's a little more, he's, he's much more likable just as a guy. Oh, to- yeah, game, totally. Yeah. During the game, he's definitely as hateable. After the game, he's much more likable. I feel like Penn State would be it if Maryland could beat them sometimes. They are for me. That's what I was going to say. If they're just kicking your ass, you're just annoyed because you keep losing. You're not, it's not a rivalry and then in basketball it's been eight years and there still hasn't been a natural evolution with like an indiana michigan state or illinois i would say those are the three basketball programs there's been some good games but you wonder if that's ever going to evolve into a real like organic rivalry i'm sure it will because it always happens but uh you don't have those regional ties, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, Turgeon on uh, michigan had that little spark that kind of came and went uh, yeah. pretty quickly there's yeah. potential there, at least. Yeah. yeah. So, John, you, you said you follow Maryland really closely. And obviously, one of the biggest stories right now is 
is the, the basketball head coaching search. And one of the things that's come up is Maryland's place in the national scene. Like, where does Maryland rank? Is it a top 15, a top 25, not even that? And then based on that, what kind of coach should Maryland, the fan base, expect out of that? What is, what is your perception of Maryland's place in, in the national picture and, what, and the uh, coach they might get because of that? So I don't think Maryland's place is cemented any anywhere. Like I like right right in the, I uh, I was uh, in LA all week during Super Bowl week, and uh, uh, Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, was there, and and he uh, he un, sort of unprompted said it was a top fifteen. This is a top fifteen job uh, as far as he's concerned. So he's sort of out there lobbying for Maryland, and Maryland, I mean, has a history going back to the seventies of like, you know, from, you know, Tom McMillan, John Lucas, Len Elmore, you know, straight through pretty much until the, you know, the, uh, actually even in recent time, we have a, a, a lot of uh, kids in the, in the NBA as well. Um, so it's, it's, uh, something that has potential to be a top 15 type type of job. Um, you know, is, is it, my worry right now is that, um, it, too many years of having, Xfinity sort of half filled and 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 not not good. It can slip. Uh, like like Indiana. Where would you put Indiana right now? Because Indiana, from growing up, is a blue blood basketball school, but they're they're not in the top thirty for me right now in terms of of, of being sort of a coaching destination. Right? Agreed. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Or UCLA, even right. You know, other than that kind of freak Final Four run, they've been. You know, they've been down for most of my life, it feels. Yeah, and UCLA in the semi, you want to talk about it. So Duke, you know, yeah. it, it's important who they get to go there. They, they're, they're not they're not guaranteed to be a top five blue blood of all time. Uh, I mean, during uh, uh, Maryland's national championship run, Matt Darty at Carolina, you know, that, that, that they dropped you know, pretty far. So I think that this is, it, it, this is an important uh, choice for Maryland to, to get in and, uh, you guys had Gary on. When was that? About a month ago. Yeah, I'm going to try to use Zoom more effectively than Gary did then. Um, that's, a, that's a low bar, man. <laughs> I don't know if the whole time he knew he was on video. I, I thought what, I thought uh, Gary's point was was great. Like in terms of the type of coach to, to bring in, it's got to be somebody who's like used to getting booed. Like. I think I was Mark Turgeon's final defender out of all my Maryland friends. Like I, I thought that he did an okay job until this season, you know, and in, in, in building competitive teams. But like he grew up in Kansas, you know, he went to Kansas. He sort of was as a Midwestern guy, and I'm sure when he heard the boos, he was like, "What the hell," you know? And and somebody like Gary heard the boos in the Final Four season and used it to motivate himself. And somebody like Turgeon is like. You know, my kids are here. You know, my, my wife, and, and it affects him differently. So you you don't need somebody that is sort of, uh, I mean, I'm repeating what Gary said a, a month ago, but it kind of spoke to me. You just need somebody that can deal with, look, we have uh, more, um, I don't, don't want to say a more rabid fan base, but I, Maryland's fan base is notoriously uh, ruder than other fan bases in, in the Great. country. It, it's it's what we are like I, I like come come I, I hate watching Maryland fans on on Twitter trying to pretend that we're all choir boys you know we're we're tough and we're tough on coaches and we booed lefty back in the day as well and, and we need a, a coach 
that can like sort of embrace that. Because if you get every if you get everybody around you, I mean, Gary never has to buy a beer in, in College Park again, right? That's funny. That's funny you say that, John, because I've tried to say that on the site many times. You know, you guys don't understand. You're a little more caustic, a little more pro sports kind of fans, a little more aggressive, and they don't like that. Most of them are like, no, we're the same as any other fan base. They most of them are, they, they don't see it because when you're in the situation, you know, you don't tend to see it. Do you, re you remember this, Jeff? Uh, that there was some poor kid. Uh, I forget what he played for, like Iowa or like uh, some Midwestern school. And he was at the foul line, and uh, the the fans started chanting, "You are ugly," at him. And and uh, and Turgeon went to try to quiet the the crowd, and the kid yeah. at the line is like looking around. He missed both foul shots, so it was effective. But it was just sort of like they don't do that in other, in other uh, arenas, and it's it's what and we Jalen do. Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith at Indiana a couple of years ago when they were giving him grief all game, and at the end he started talking to the talking trash to the front row, who apparently were saying really vile things or whatever. Turgeon stormed over. You would have thought that Jalen Smith had punched, had jumped in the crowd like Ron Artest. I mean, he dragged him out of there. He had Jalen Smith had to give a big apology. So that's another kind of anecdote along those lines. Uh, then the, the FUJJ. I mean, you don't hear those on college campuses. I mean, I know I'm going back decades, but it's a Maryland just has to embrace it. We did in the in the ACC, and like there's something about the Big Ten that we're trying to sort of deny that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think it's always a thing to. I mean, you're not proud of the fujj, but it's the. I'm attitude. not proud. No, I'm. Yeah, it's, totally it's the attitude, bad. right? You like the yeah, attitude. maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm allowed to be proud of my darkest moments in quiet time. Fujj was just great in t in terms of the way JJ Reddick handled it. And he, you know, and, he like like he he had just destroyed Maryland uh, that game, and and he didn't sort of shrink and cower with that. Yeah, I will say props to him. He definitely turn it around on everybody. Um, I wanted to talk to you, especially about the big 10 TV contract that's coming up, because I think that rolls into everything here. It rolls into the amount of money that Maryland's going to be looking forward to being able to have in their athletics budget going forward, making up for COVID losses, things like that. I think a lot of us were worried the last go around that that might've been kind of the peak of, you know, the college sports largesse when it comes to, uh, media rights and things like that. But boy, it looks like Big Ten has come up at the absolute perfect time to get a new contract done with the way everything else is working in, in, in the sports world. Can you just give us a big picture as to kind of what the landscape looks like and then how the Big Ten is going to be able to cash in on that? Yeah. Uh, so just to, to, to answer your question quickly, the Big Ten is going to make a boatload of money off of this. And it most likely is going to eclipse the SEC in terms of, uh, of revenue that comes in from, from media rights. Um, the, the timing of these rights coming up right now is it couldn't be better for, um, for, for the Big Ten. You, you have uh, um, Fox, which owns Big Ten, part of Big Ten Network, about half of Big Ten Network. It wants to increase uh, the, the number of games that, that, uh, that it gets. Uh, so it's going to be big in terms of trying to get more of, of uh, uh, what's currently ESPN's package. You have ESPN, which loves the Big Ten. I mean, this is why the Big Ten is, is so good. They have good teams in major markets. I mean, we, we have, a, um, you know, the Ohio market, the, the, the whole Detroit, Michigan market. I'll throw it in like uh, Chicago and uh, Northwestern, but Chicago is sort of like, you know, the Midwest market that's, that's right there. Um, you know, the D.C. Baltimore market, the New York, these are the top 
uh, New York, I was going to say, these are the top markets, uh, TV markets in the country. And so this is where, you know, the, the, the um, um, TV networks want to go. But beyond that, so you, you have those two incumbents that, that want to keep these rights. You also have CBS, which has had a uh, Saturday afternoon um, a game with uh, SEC teams for, de- for decades. That game, is going a- uh, uh, that game is going away in a couple of years, and they're desperate to get big-time sports to uh, a big-time college football game in, the, in, that, in that window, and they're going to pay handsomely for that. You know, they're, they've merged with Viacom. They have deeper pockets. And if they don't do the Big Ten, if they sort of let the Big Ten go – without filling that window. Well, next up is the Big 12 without Texas and, and Oklahoma. And next up is the Pac-12, which doesn't really have time zones uh, or, or on-field play that really uh, you know excites CBS. So they're viewing the Big 10. Like if they don't get the Big 10, they're not going to have major college football in that. Well, they'll have major college football, but they're not going to have sort of the best top tier uh, games in that window if they let, if they let this go. Then you have NBC, and NBC is in a similar position where they have the um, deal with um, uh, Notre Dame, and they want to, you know, they have Sunday night football, the most watched primetime NFL window uh, that, that that's out there. It always has, you know, the best game, or usually has the best game of the weekend. They have Notre Dame football usually on a Saturday afternoon, and if they were able to pair Notre Dame football with a, a Big Ten game, and you have a doubleheader on Saturday, and then you have Sunday night football on Sunday. They, the, the way NBC views it is that that will really uh, strengthen that weekend. And they see a lot of synergy between Notre Dame, of course, which is a de facto, I know they're in the ACC, they're a de facto Big Ten school. They're Midwest, you know, yeah. In Indiana and everything. And so th- they're sitting there uh, looking for it. You have Discovery. Uh, uh, I'll stop soon. <laughs> no, <laughs> please. please. This I is good. I this love is like talking Christmas about this for stuff. Me. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is. <laughs> You have um, uh, Turner Broadcasting, uh, which is uh, just being bought by Discovery, and Discovery wants to make a real big splash. and And they have TNT and and, and TBS, and they're going to uh, they want to they want to get involved, much more involved in sports because the whole landscape of the media is live news and sports is all that really works in media. So they're going to be aggressive to try to get it. I, I put them at a longer shot because it's sort of. The cable only. I mean, if you're going to do that, why not go with uh, ESPN? Right. But they're going to have deep pockets, and they're going to have executives that are that that, that are um, uh, have a lot of encouragement to to go get that. And then you have uh, I, I just wrote a story about uh, Amazon has a new head of sports, Amazon Prime, a new head of sports, graduated from Michigan, went to grad school at Northwestern. He's a Big Ten. He, he's got Big Ten roots. You know, th- this is really. The NBA comes up in a, in a couple of years. This is the last sort of big rights deal uh, to come up for, for a couple of years. So is Amazon going to be interested? I don't think so, but it's something that bears watching. Yeah, uh, Apple is another one that has been kicking tires here. And I don't think Apple or Amazon will get them, but I think that their involvement would, will, will create um, uh, uh, within the traditional media companies, within TV companies, they just want to keep them out. But beyond that, there are enough traditional media companies in here that really want it. And um, the way I describe it is like when you sell a house, if you get more bidders, price goes up. And so that, right right now they have a ton of bidders for, you know, that uh, basically like ESPN's package. Fox's package is up as well. But given that Fox owns, you know, the Big Ten Network, uh, half the Big Ten Network, 
Like, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, they could lose that as well, but there are a lot of bidders for not a lot of programming. And, and that works out to be great for, for the Big Ten. Yeah, I was. My only though was just bidding more. How how much do you think? Can you put a number on it? What do you, what do you think the deal could be worth potentially? Yeah, I just worked on uh, Michael Smith, who uh, covers college uh, for our Sports Business Journal really well, and I were just going through it. There are people uh, who we trust in the business that, that think that this is going to be the first college deal to eclipse uh, a billion dollars. So it's uh you know we're, we're talking uh, <laughs> I know the, what's a billion dollars. Uh, <laughs> What's a couple million million between between friends? Yeah, um, pocket change. A couple million to go give to NATO's, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to be here, right? Hey, can I go yeah. back to the coaching search for a quick section? A second. By all means. Coming. Like, you lay the odds. Who's coming? We uh, just we just had a very very unfortunate conversation about that. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I guess you were watching. Do, um, do you want to see the list of the ranking and the ranking order? Oh that yeah, we have? yeah, I have it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let me show it to you. All right. It's, hang it's, on, hang on. Am I going to cry? I got to bring it back up here. Is Tino still on that list? He's still he, on it. He's still on the list. Kind of. Right there is is the list. We were still working on it, but these top four are kind of in place, and then we were starting to move stuff around in the middle and the bottom here before so we came take, on. I would take Andy Enfield in a, in a heartbeat. Is he Is he interested? Yes. Yeah, there have been there have been some some leaks about uh, that from both. I, I believe, but you always have to have that caveat in your head where he could be, you know, playing for a raise or leverage. But I, I think he legitimately does not like the athletic director. Does not like the lack of funding. You know, USC apparently underfunds basketball uh, because it's football school. Obviously, <laughs> don't have to worry about that here. <laughs> yeah, and he's from uh, Shippensburg, PA, which isn't too far, and I've heard heard for a while he wants to get back so i think it's very legit interest in terms of your opinion that you'd love to have him you must not be reading the site as much as you say you do because it's been quite a backlog <laughs> quite a <laughs> i mean he, he's a tough one because there's multiple dynamics at play he went to what's the elite eight but is that a mobley you know he hired mobley's dad to get him so did that just happen because of him dunk city at, at florida gulf coast they ran up tempo, but at USC, he runs a slow pace. And people want to watch a slow-paced offense after suffering through that with Turgeon. You know, how well will he recruit on the East Coast? So there's a lot of different he's – he's a real wild card to me. Uh, I, I saw your post today on uh, – uh, was it Jay Wright uh, saying we should hire Kevin Willard, which immediately makes me not want to hire Kevin Willard? <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. That, that seemed like a coordinated PR campaign. What the reason behind it was, who knows? But it was very random for Jay Wright and Patino to come out and do like a what amounted to a press release about how great Kevin Willard is. I think people underrate Willard a little bit. Keaton Hall is really tough, and he's done a solid job. But you know, he's under 500 in the Big East in 10 years. Yes, uh, my my uh, one issue I, I see is I think that you have uh, the George Mason guy uh, too too low. I th- I, haven't I heard that that they're looking harder at him? I just hear more. I just hear it here. I'm not covering this stuff. I'm just I'm treating this like a fan. If you want to cover it, I can use some help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, I felt early on like he might be the guy, but they just haven't done that well this year. And I feel like to hire a 33 year old who's had one year of head coaching experience, it better at least be a really good season. 
Mm-hmm. Then I think there's a lot of the FOMO factor with him, fear of missing out. Like people are concerned because he's got that star quality that he's going to become a star and they will have passed on him and missed out on, you know, having him for 20 years. But I just think his age and resume is probably going to rule him out. Yeah, maybe I'm I'm just uh, the way that they, they, he beat us down in a college park early in the season makes me think he's better than he is. Yeah, that's looked increasingly like a bad loss. <laughs> A lot, a lot of those were bad losses. Jeff. Yeah, uh, there, there will be more as well. No, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I think, I think everybody is underrating kind of everybody at this point. I mean, it's, I mean, if you get a legit coach steal from another P five, that's usually a pretty good floor uh, for a basketball coach. It's just you've kind of got a couple. You know, you've got the can't miss guys, which are probably probably not going to happen. Then you got the guys who are coach steals from other decent programs that are coming to a bigger program that you hope they would up their output by doing so. And then you've got kind of the nerds at the small schools, you know, who, you know, the have great Kempom ratings and things like that. And that's, you know, that's still a, that's still a bit of a gamble too. It's just maybe a sexier one. You know what I mean? Mark Pope's yeah. got to be the best of that bunch, right? I Which love one? Pope. Mm-hmm. Mark Pope at BYU. I, yeah. I, I've just, he's just a personality guy. He won a natty at Kentucky. He's, you know, he's lived in New York. Like I, you know, I don't think he's your average, you know, BYU type. Um, I think he could recruit like a monster here and he runs great offense. They've just been hampered by lots of injuries this year. So I'm not sure it's great, great year to judge him off of necessarily, but he's kind of my, my, my pocket guy. If I, if I was, uh, if I was given any responsibility in the search, which I am very much not. As long as he doesn't show up. Your site, uh, how much of your site click is a basketball versus football? What was that? Like, like if for site clicks, how much is basketball versus football? What's what's more popular among among your readers? It really depends on the cycle. You know, it depends on what's going on at that time. You know, football is recruiting really well, and basketball's in the dumps like it is now. There'll be a lot more over the you know over the long haul, though. I would say. Um, I would say 75, 25 in favor of basketball. Yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. Like, and that, that's something like the, the administration, like the pushing of the football so much. Like, we're, we're at basketball. If football's good. Oh, that's great. But, like, th- this basketball people season like has football. been, like, distressing, right? Yeah, people like football. There's guys like Paul who tailgate every game, and there's a good chunk of them. But until you win, I mean, they've just they haven't won in so long and have never won consistently, or at least not in recent decades, that it's not ingrained. Basketball is ingrained in the soul of Maryland and Maryland fans. So, you know, until football puts together like, a, like that Freegian that run of 10-win seasons, people were all over football then, but you need that. Whereas basketball, they're always going to be interested no matter what. I would say it might even be 80-20, but, you know, it's cyclical. Football has a lot – if Mike Loxley's pulling some of his magic in recruiting, you know, obviously scales slide a little bit. Yeah, but yeah and I, I, uh, sorry, go ahead, Paul. No, I was just going to say that um, I think I think it's been distressing for a lot of people to, you know, hear that oh well, you know, we can't afford NATO's buyout because you know we just spent two hundred fifty million dollars on a football facility to go six and six every year. You know what I mean? But. I think part of joining the Big Ten was that there was not only an expectation, but kind of a demand that Maryland would up its football spending 
And I think that's something that maybe kind of goes under the radar a little bit, but I, I don't think that's necessarily a choice that Maryland made so much as kind of a requirement to dip into that big 10 cash. Just wanted to throw yeah. that out there. Yeah, that, that, that does, that does make sense, but it's still like, I, I just, I, the, the, the whole fan base is so like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, I, I, I'm repeating myself now, but it's, uh, you know, it's such a basketball school. Yeah, like the only viral thing I've ever made in my life was a, a, a rant about how Maryland can't ever tell me they don't have enough ma- uh, money to do basketball things. Because if that's the case, then you've just failed as an athletic department. Because what's the point? If you can't, if you can't spend the money to hire a coach that you need for basketball, what are we even doing here? You know? Yeah. What did you think of that athletic story? Was that, was that a, a fair story? Well, spot on. I thought he did a great job. I mean, everything, all his conclusions about, you know, Maryland's role in the, where they sit in the ecosystem and about fan expectations, maybe being higher based on resources and everything. I thought that was everything I read. And, and, you know, obviously I follow this stuff pretty closely. So usually I have something to nitpick, but that was a great overall read. I thought. Yeah. I thought, I mean, we've crapped on a lot of national, a national writer attempts at trying to get the Maryland story before. I think that was the best researched and written piece I've ever seen by a national writer on, on Maryland in any situation. It was, it was great. And I even like, te- you know, hat tipped the guy on Twitter. I was, <laughs> I was like, God damn it. Well done. That was actually fair for once. <laughs> he, came, he came to the conclusion that they should hire Calvin Sampson, which I actually thought, wow, how can we, we aren't talking about him. He'd be a grand slam. And then, a little bit of research later, realized he's got like an eleven million dollar buyout. So that was the uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hard, but. And he also, I think he he also made it pretty clear he wants to stay there, and I think his son's on staff, so it's kind of a different situation. But um, I had one more question for you too on the business side of things, especially. Um, what is the streaming rights situation going looking forward? Right, you know, you have all this. Just on a bigger picture, I know the Big Ten is kind of unique because it's got the Big Ten network and it's got its own kind of streaming platform. So it's probably out in terms of like the ESPN Pluses and Peacocks of the world. But I'm just curious how you think that's going to roll into these new media contracts just looking in the next decade or so. Uh, it it, it, it uh, totally depends on who's going who's gonna to get the, uh, the rights. But right now, um, if I'm advising any of the uh, – if I'm if I were advising the Big Ten on the media rights, if they can get every single one of their games on a linear television network, that's where you want to go. You don't want to sort of uh, you you don't want to go um, solely to exclusively to streaming. Uh, the best would be to get on on uh, a t- linear television network and start to stream. Uh, the problem is that Fox um, they've made a corporate strategy, Fox Sports, where they don't have they don't have an ESPN Plus. They they're not streaming. They have Tubi, but that's not a that, that's not a sort of a corporate initiative for for Fox Sports. So if Fox Sports sticks with it, there, there there's a little hope of of putting that on 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 a stream, at least in in the near term. Um, with with ESPN, so if ESPN gets it, the the Big Ten is going to mandate that they're going to be on ESPN or ESPN two, sort of a a big linear stream. Uh, Almost certainly, ESPN is not going to take those games at least immediately and put them on ESPN Plus because ESPN they need to make sure that the games that they have and the content that they have on their linear channels stay exclusive to those linear channels 
because otherwise the cable operators are going to cut all the cut down the price that they pay for ESPN and cable right now. Uh, so Comcast for ESPN pays uh, you know upwards of ten dollars per subscriber per month, and ESPN is in wow. roughly eighty million homes. Mm -hmm. So if you do that math, they're doing whatever they can to try to uh, maintain the, the the cable bundle. Um, we all know cord cutting is happening. The bundle the bundle is getting smaller. So they're trying to maintain it and keep it propped up as long as they can until then they have to go all streaming. So the uh, the, the idea of, of uh, Big Ten games going on a streaming service, um, uh, it, it, it could be part of it, uh, but uh, but probably not at the beginning. John, every time we have people on the show, we end the interview with them doing fill in the blank. I'm going to ask you five rapid fire questions. You say the first thing that comes to mind, okay? JJ Reddick. <laughs> <laughs> good answer all right number one if you ranked big 10 schools in terms of their sports value maryland would rank you know what i'd have maryland in the top three wow. sport uh, sports value in includes olympic sports it includes lacrosse it includes uh like we uh maryland dominates in uh outside of, uh, of football and, and um, men's basketball this year. Uh, women's basketball is dominant. Lacrosse is dominant. Field men's hockey. soccer. Yeah. All right, number two, your prediction for the next big development sports media that no one's really talking about yet is? Uh, the next one that's going to happen or a big one that's going to happen? The big development that's coming. Uh, Apple's going to buy ESPN in 2024. Wow. Ooh. Oh. That's dropping, dropping some exclusives here. <laughs> okay. Larry, Larry, save this recording, man. We might need this yeah. in a couple years. Wow. Yeah, okay. Have me back on in 2024 and bring that back. That'll be great. That All works. right. Three, the guest you haven't had yet but would love to have on the Marshan and Orient Sports Media Podcast is. Oh, Jeff Ehrman, man. The guy breaks everything. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I, I I will. I, I do mean that, by the way. But uh, I, I, you know what? We've. I, I would love to get somebody like Pat McAfee on. I, there's, I think that that guy has an incredible story. Um, he bet on himself. Uh, he could have gone this route where he just goes into. Uh, this is more than a fill in the blank, and I'm sorry, but he could have okay. done this route where he just signs a deal with the ESPN or Fox and just kind of like does whatever. But you know, he went out on his own and he created something, and he he just saw. He saw an opening, took advantage of it, and he's been hugely successful. And he's, if I were advising him, uh, he did everything that I would have told him not to do. Like, and, and it's been wildly successful. I'm, I'm a very inside-the-box guy. He went outside of it, and I would love to talk to him about that. Hmm. Number four, the greatest comedy movie of all time is? I saw oh, you post times. Fast, Fast Times. Fast Times on High. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So you post on Twitter about comedies, so I threw that in there. Number five, the next men's basketball coach at the University of Maryland will be? <laughs> oh, God, I have no clue. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I really have no clue. I, Who do you I, want? I, Who do you want? Like, just, just give me the wish. Throw everybody out. Yeah. Who's your? Uh, I wanted the. Uh, I mean, I, I, I want like every coach in the SEC, and the, the SEC is making sure that the, that they're that 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 they're keeping uh keeping locked up. Uh, 
You know what? Uh, in, in honor of you, Paul, I'll, I'll say Bray, Mike Bray, but I don't mean it. Oh, God, I don't, I don't, I don't mean it. I don't mean it. I just threw that out there. At the math guy, you know. Hey. I mean, I appreciate the hat tip and all, but boy. I don't mean that. I just threw it out there. <laughs> That's I didn't want him 10 years ago. I don't want him now either. We heard. I, I, want, we're... I want Juan Dixon in five years, you know, Get, give him some seasoning. There you go. There we you we go. heard from a little birdie that you do a very good Mick Jagger lip sync. <laughs> so I'm going to play for you. I don't think I, I don't think I've had a beer yet. <laughs> That's on you. Here's, you know, here we go. We need to see the Mick Jagger lip sync. <laughs> oh, God, this is crazy. Uh, you know what? My uh, did your Wi-Fi go out? I can't hear you. <laughs> here we go. When I when I was a senior in high school, I used this as my senior speech at uh, Gonzaga to speak for the devil. I got an A on it. Nice. You know, I, I was te- I was telling them I thought you were a Gonzaga guy, and that was the only negative check mark about having you on the show. I, honestly, I would totally do it for you, but I have like daughters, and I there's there's zero chance I'm doing that. I- <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna end up on okay. TikTok later tonight. <laughs> I had to try. One more thing we ask if everybody comes on the show, John, could you do us a favor and say this is John Orand, and you're listening to IMS Radio. This is John Orand, and you're listening to IMS Radio. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure having you. Everybody go (laughs) follow him on Twitter, Orand underscore SBJ. That's for the Sports Business Journal. Follow him on Twitter. Thank you for joining us, John. Hey, keep kicking butt, guys. Uh, Love the site. I really appreciate it, man. Take it easy. Okay, he almost had a Gary moment there where it took him too long to, to close out, but. He was he was telling me he actually um he was watching us live that night and he was he said he was laughing hysterically when Gary popped back on. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's see if he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So before what I, what I want to do, we didn't quite finish the uh we didn't quite finish the um the coaching list. So I just want to Chris Holtman, can he go? No one's talking about. Yeah, he's a, he's a no chance. Uh, honestly, Mike Bray would should be on there over him if we're being. So where uh, would you put Mike Bray? Somewhere uh, up here. I'll put him right around number ten. I would say ten to twelve, ten eleven. Okay. Honestly, you know, the more I think about it, I would drop David Vanterpool down to to, to where I would put him at. Uh, honestly, thirteen maybe. I just don't think they're going to go NBA with it. Okay. No, he wants the job, and he's definitely got potential, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. So, how are we looking here? Is this looking like a good? What about Kyle Smith? Is anybody Mark Schmidt? Is anybody really talking about these guys? No, but you just never know who that you know. Maybe they secretly love one of those guys. It'd be crazy I'll if they hired there. not even on this list. Yeah, I'll leave them there, and I will let me let me fix the border there. I yeah, I mean, really... I, I think I think most of this is just like trying to you know the little Save. bits and pieces we've gotten here. Yeah, um, we know the top two guys want the job, and that Maryland has some interest in them. 
We know Maryland likes Cooley. You know, he knows the wild card. It's, it's I think right. The fast forward three weeks, we hopefully know more. Hopefully. So this is our, our final list as of February 15th. That is the final list. I'll bring, every time we do a show, I'm going to bring it up. We're going to keep updating it for everybody. To end the show, I I thought we were going to need a lot of content, but John Orian was the man and very entertaining for half an hour. So I actually prepared two segments for the end of the game. I got an over-under and a buy-or-sell. You guys want to over under? You want to do? Yeah, whatever time? you want, man. Okay. Pick pick the pick the one you like. Let's do over under, and then if people want to stick around, we can keep going. But all right, over under. Jeff, we'll start with you. I'm gonna read a statement with some numeric value. You have to say over under and expound upon it. Jeff, the date of the next basketball coach hire will be announced over under two months from now. Under, I think it'll be. Let's see. When does March Madness end? Be right the around April first, right? Fourth, something like yeah, that. Right around that first week. Because um, it's on the Monday. Right now we're in mid-February. Wow, that's you're pretty good with it, that timing, Larry. That was good. Uh, you said over under two months from now, so that would be mid. Man, I'd that's be a, spot on, right where it should be. I about ten say, days after the tournament. Yeah, I would say under just by a bit, but it's going to be right in that zone. Okay, Paul, the date. The next time there will be a basketball game to get pumped about over under two years. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think that whoever they bring in is going to hit the trail pretty hard. And, and it, there will be something to get excited about next year, you'd like to think. Um, I need. I kind of need to feel that way right now. I don't know whether that's, <laughs> whether that's an honest answer or just me wanting that. But uh, I'd like to think next year, so under. Oh, you'll get sucked in at some point, no matter what. Let's be realistic. About yeah. It. Jeff, the number of transfers after spring football is over, over under two players. You're good with that again. I think it's going to be, I think, over. I think you see some of those offensive linemen who haven't played much going, and then there's always the random guy. So I think three or four probably, I would guess, so over. Okay, and hopefully that many coming in as well to replace them. Yeah, they could use uh, another quarterback, that's for sure, you know, given mm-hmm. the situation right now with nothing but a couple of incoming freshmen on scholarship behind. Yeah. Yes, and there is a theme to the game this time. Paul, the number of wins for the football team next year over ranked opponents over under two wins. Um. If it was one and a half, I would say over, I think. If it's two, I'd probably push it. I think that's probably okay. right about the magic number. I, I expect they'll be very good next year, but I'm not sure. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the gauntlet, man. It's, it's the Big Ten East gauntlet. I, I think they'll, if they're going to win six or seven, they're going to have to beat one or two ranked teams. Okay. Jeff, number of hours you could stay trapped in an elevator with Paul before you went crazy. Over under two hours. Under. under two hours. They didn't even hear what I said. It could have been two minutes. Got that, huh? Yeah, that, that'd be fists of cuffs before too long. <laughs> All right, last one for Paul. Number of players from MLS that you think should be starting for the U.S. national team over under two players. <laughs> starting? Yes. Um, hmm. 
All right, I'll I'll give you details. I'll give you, <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you Matt Turner while well, he's still in he's still in MLS before he goes. I was to just gonna say he got transferred. Yeah, before he goes to Arsenal in the summer, and um, at least one of the MLS center backs, either Miles Robinson or Walker Zimmerman, are probably your one of your guys right now. What about so, uh, Robinson? I like Miles Robinson a lot. I think I think he's great. Um, no, uh, the Atlanta. Uh, left back, isn't it Anthony Robinson? Oh, that's Jedi. Yeah, he he plays for Fulham though. Oh, he does. No, Miles Robinson, the center back, is is Atlanta. Oh, I got him mixed up. Sorry. Yeah. Come on, man. Badminton, you guys are talking I, about. I don't. I don't watch. I don't watch. There he used to be the, the MLS guy, man. I know. I don't. I I I try. I'm I'm back into it. Although I didn't haven't watched the games lately. I've been like so singularly focused. Okay, nerd alert. I. I wrote a musical, and I have been so singularly focused on that. I've missed all kinds of sports. I barely watch the Super Bowl. All I do is sit here and write the score for my show. It's 540 pages long. It's insane. Jesus. Yeah. 82-page script, 540-page score. It's 90,000 measures. It's 3,500 measures times 25 stabs per, per measure, so it's 90,000. Anyway, whatever. That's it's crazy. Wild. It's nuts. And we're starting to track it in the studio and everything. It's really awesome. So anyway, I, I yeah, I have lost. Yeah. Um, Lin-Manuel France over here. I wish. I wish. <laughs> Just when you get big, bring us along with you. That's all I ask. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Look, it's probably never going to do anything. I'm okay with that. The process of writing it has been – I started it four years ago, so I am – I just love it. Anyway, you guys want you guys want to do buy or sell, or have we had enough? Yeah, let's do it quick. We're Jeff, here. okay, we still got a good chunk of people watching, and a lot of people have been saying stuff. And my fault, I, I haven't been commenting. One thing I wanted to talk about was we were talking about the the worst years at Maryland. Our good buddy Tom Wentz said that he was there during the Joe Krivak Bob Wade era. Yeah. So he was class of '89. Someone Rough. said said Mr. Popo said. I was a student from Gary's last year to Mark's first three, zero tourneys. And yeah. the, the year before he got there was the ACC championship year. So he had a pretty bad run. So Nothing uh, good football either. Those were some rough years for the site, man. Yeah. yeah. People engaged, and then every March not having the tournament and everybody depressed. Those were, those were bleak. That was bad. Four years. A lot of comments about John Oren being the man and some comments on the coaching list. They want their. T- I don't know who they said no with all capital letters and many O's. I'm not sure who they were talking about. And they said, I think that was the Mike Bray comment, <laughs> probably. <laughs> and kick him off must have been like I said. Should we just take one of these people off? So yeah. anyway, I wanted to wanted to uh, <laughs> acknowledge the people. So Tom Wentz said 145 first act, 45 minutes second act, and scrapped it. It's actually two hours and 15 minutes long. It is completely sung through. So two hours and 15 minutes of music, about an hour and 10 first act, about an hour and five second act. So there you go, Tom. No one else cares. But you do. We both have kids who do musical theater. So that's why we've bonded over that. Okay. (laughs) All right. Buy or sell. I'm going to give you something Maryland-related. You tell me if you're going to buy it or sell it, meaning it's on its way up or it's on its way down. Jeff, college basketball. Pains me to say this because I've been a college basketball junkie for 30 years. Definitely sell, man. The game, the, the product is not 
as compelling as it was years ago, it's hard to put your finger on exactly why, whether it's the one and dones or uh, whatever else, the quality of the game seemingly, you know, decreasing uh, over-reliance on the three-pointer, just every game turns into a chuck and duck. I, I don't know what it, can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but even me, somebody who's been addicted to college basketball, years, I have a harder time watching the random, like, Alabama, Florida game or whatever it might be that's on. So uh, I think they've got they've got to fix it somehow, but I'm definitely going to sell right now, I think. I agree. Same. And the casual fan, I mean, the casual fan doesn't care at all. They'll watch March, March Madness, but they're completely tuned out during the season. Yeah. I don't know what the ratings are. That would have been a good question for John, but I bet the ratings have gone down. All right, Paul, ESPN. Well, I, I, I actually would buy, believe it or not, because, A, I think, I think ESPN Plus is the best streaming uh, site sports-wise out of the bunch of them. And if Apple's going to come in and swoop them up for billions and billions of dollars. Which we just found out. I didn't know that before which, I wrote that. So. Which we just got an exclusive yeah. about. Um, that's not a bad. That's not bad, you know? They're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere if Apple's going to pay, you know, what, $50 billion for them or something ridiculous. Probably more, way more than that. So I'd buy. I'd buy ESPN. I, I, think, they're, I think there was a time where they were worried about Fox coming in and, and really swooping on their audience. But I feel like technologically and, you know, they still carry the zeitgeist. So I'm in on yeah. it. Okay. Jeff, DMV to UMD or essentially local recruiting at Maryland. Both sports? No, football. Yeah. It's a Loxley thing. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's tough. I think right now you still have to sell because so many of those top kids are still getting away. You know, Maryland's most of their top recruits are still coming from Florida or wherever else. But, you know, I'm tempted to buy just because – there is some momentum there. Jay Sean Barham, guys like that. Starting to build a buzz. Ask me again after this season. This season will determine whether it becomes a cool place to be for the locals for the first time forever. So I kind of saddled the fence on that one. But. Okay. Paul, conference expansion slash realignment. I don't know, man. I. Is this buy or sell in terms of whether think I think there will be more of it or it's good or bad or what? That it's uh, going – it's uh, becoming more frequent or it's about – more is about to happen or it's going to slow down or it's going to speed up. I think it's probably I – would, I would buy it in that case. I, I do think that, um, that a lot of, a lot of uh, conferences and schools are intimidated by the SEC and their relationship with ESPN and their expansion. So I think there will be more to try and match that. Okay. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think that's what will happen. Jeff, Super Bowl commercials. I'm selling. There was none that really caught my eye. Maybe I wasn't paying as close attention, but I'm selling. I didn't feel like there were a lot of really funny or compelling ones this year. I, I barely watched it, so. I think the internet and memes have kind of ruined the reach of the Super Bowl ad. Like, 
you've seen something funnier already somewhere else, you know, whereas 20 years ago, this was like, this is an event, you know, it was different and they put a lot of effort into it in the way that they, I don't know, you can get any from anywhere now. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of times I I thought to myself, I can't believe they spent five or $10 million on that. Right. It's just like, yeah, it feels like some, you know, guys in their basement could do that with cell phones and, you know, TikTok and, you know, for, for 20 bucks. Well, we'll do that next year. IMS Radio will get a 30-second spot. That's right. It's only cool seven mil. You got that, hey, Larry, Jeff. Uh, Larry's show will pay for it. Larry's That's right. Broadway. <laughs> yeah. All right. That would be nice, wouldn't it? All right, Paul, <laughs> last one. Wordle. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I do it every day. Um, <laughs> Me, too. But I'm, Me too. But I'm a, I'm a fucking nerd. You, you already knew yeah. that. Um, I don't know. I'm selling it because nothing, nothing like that lasts very long. It'll, yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll go away. It's it'll, be just, it'll be just like four of us playing it in, you know, six months. Yeah. Well, my kid, the next Pokemon go. My yeah, kid right. sent, sent me the link, and so we started playing it and sending it to each other every day. And then he found one called Wordle Unlimited, so you can just play as many times as you want. And ever since he sent me that. I did like 20 in a row and then I kind of stopped the daily because I kind of got my fill, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like, Hey, I don't need, if I ever want to play again, just go to this unlimited one and do like 10 or 20 of them. And then it kind of ruined it for me. So it goes away. They all go away. Yes. Good show, fellas. Thank you to John Orand for joining us. Follow him on Twitter Orand underscore SBJ. Their, their, um, their podcast is excellent too, by the way, if you're, if you want to learn all about this big 10, you know, TV contract stuff, like it's just all sports nerdery and it's so good. Yes. It's called the Marshand and Orand sports media podcast. And you can find that on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen. And he did an amazing job. We, we thought it was going to be about 15 minutes. He went on for 30 minutes. So. He would have stayed was, the whole show if we let him. He, so. Yeah, <laughs> he loved it. He he proved he 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 told you before that he was a big fan of the show and everything, and he proved it. Like he was right in there with us. So yeah, his problem now good. is I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get him on now way more often. So yeah, sorry, I think so. sorry, John, you've screwed yourself. Yeah, a couple times a year, maybe something like that. <laughs> He'll be the, you, the next Naki. Thank you guys in the chat room. You guys are great today. I'm sorry I didn't read stuff more often, but we had John kicking butt. So. I didn't want to interrupt him. I let him just go. I don't know when our next show will be. We'll see. Basketball, you know, at the, as the coaching search heats up, I was going to say the basketball team is not, not much to talk about there. But as the <laughs> right, coaching search heats go. up, what's that, Jeff? Election Sunday to see where they're going just in case, you know. Yeah, you never know, right? Unless you're I, under 500, then you know. They have to win the Big Ten tournament, which when they're going to be in the bottom bracket, it means five wins, right? Don't they have to win? Things have not happened. Yeah, they'd have <laughs> yeah, to. They'd have to, like, Sy- they'd have to Syracuse. It's not gonna. Right? It's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. All right, thank you guys. It's been a good show. This is IMS Radio.